Hi, my name is Crystal Asbury Burnett. I am a health and wellness coach, a certified personal trainer, and the co-owner of Infinite 30 Green Country in Owasso, Oklahoma. And I am pleased you've joined us for this episode of the Infinite Possibilities podcast. In each episode, we provide you with inspiration, insights, and ideas that can help you personally unleash all of the infinite possibilities in your life. So today, I'm honored to speak with Dr. Shelley West. Dr. West is an internal medicine physician in North Carolina. Dr. West is going to share with you today her experiences with her health and wellness journey with Infinite 30, as well as how she has referred out her patient load and also how she has incorporated this into her everyday life. Also in today's podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you nine strategies that you can use as you grocery shop. This is a great part of this podcast to determine how best to shop in your local grocery store. As well in this podcast today, I'm going to kind of go from a viewer mailbag and it talks about excuses, how we can use excuses, how we can get past excuses, and how we can move forward in our everyday health journey. So I would love for you to continue to join us as we talk to Dr. Shelley West. My name is Shelly West, and I'm an internist in Zebulon, North Carolina. Um, I've been in practice there for about 20 years, and I see people from 18 to 105 from all gamuts of life, um, chronic and acute problems, wellness and sickness. And so you um, experienced doing the Infinite 30 program. So kind of tell us a little bit about your experience, why you did it your results, and how you see it's kind of affected your wellness journey? Well, I did it several years ago. One of my patients came in and she and her husband and a couple other people had all done it and they had lost a significant amount of weight. So I went to a seminar and met Georgia and um, I decided to try it myself. It worked really well for me. Um, I started losing weight and I think I lost about 18 pounds in 30 days. Then I signed on to do the rest. And I think I stayed for like six months and um, I wanted to lose weight and become more healthier and all that. So um, I tried it and it was working for me and I used it. I suggested it to other people in my practice with obesity issues. I've had up and down weight problems my entire life. And so I gave, I have done many diets and then I did that one and that's how it worked. So what would you consider when you did the program, um, Shelly, that you felt like was the biggest benefit? I mean, besides weight loss, did you see other things in your health change? Um, absolutely. I um, had less headaches. My stress was reduced. I just felt better just in general. I didn't have a lot of medications or anything like that to drop, but I just felt better and I had a sense of wellness. Okay. That's great. So when you started the program, you, were, you weren't in poor health. You just felt like you needed to lose a little weight. You wanted to feel a little better. So as you, as you, as a physician, what are your thoughts? Because we have a lot of doctors who've done our program and we have some doctors that are like, I'm not sure if this is a program for myself or for my patients. What would, what advice would you give other practitioners about this program and how you actually referred it out to your patient load? I think that first of all, you have to really be ready and serious because if you're not, it's not worth the money because anything worth, you know, gain takes a little pain. I think that's very important that you're ready and you've got your mind ready. 
I don't think it's for everybody because it is restrictive. And if you can't really restrict yourself, then it won't work. Um, and you have to be committed. I, I liked it because along the path, it taught me more about nutrition and which foods were good for me and which foods weren't. And they do a lot of talk about listen to your body, listen to your symptoms. And that was really helpful for me. Now, I can't say that I was true to all that, but I did learn a lot about nutrition and about myself in the six months, eight months, year that I did it. Um, and I, I recommended it to folks. And I was like, you know, if you're not really serious about it, don't do it. And I could give them like a sketch of what they taught me and how I started. But I told everybody, basically, you have to do it with them because I can't give you the details about, you know, which vegetables go here and whatnot. I can just tell you kind of how I started. And then I added foods along the way. And I did figure out some of my trigger foods that would make me gain weight or lose weight. So that's what I passed along to my folks. So not only it was, it was not only just the nutrition, but also the education on how foods worked for your body, right? Mm -hmm. which we love. One of the things that we always um, talk about, you know, cause I've had physicians that have done the program with me as well. And one of our physicians said, you know, I'll just be honest, Crystal. He said, I, he's a surgeon. And he said, I had very little nutritional information given to me as I became a doctor. Um, and he said, so it's very difficult for me to, like you said, prescribe nutrition to a patient who might need to lose some weight for a knee replacement or something like that. But I think the thing that we see, and I, I love what you said about you learned about what, what worked for you, Shelly, not, not the general population. It's not a one size fits all program. It's about building you a customized eating plan. Right. And I agree. I got about three hours of nutrition in medical school, like uh, 23 years ago, or actually 27 now. Um, a lot's changed. And I did gain a lot of knowledge through this program. And I learned about a lot about obesity and hormonal levels and stuff like that, too. Right. Um, that I incorporate a little bit now. I mean, I know that we always visit with physicians and even people that are in the fitness and wellness industry that our job really, not only for you as a physician, you know, internal medicine, you're seeing the whole gamut. Like you said, you're seeing everything. You're, you're kind of what we used to call the family doctor. Now that's what we see right. much more with internal medicine is that I think as a physician, I'm sure you're trying to inspire your patient load to be healthy. Do you find it's really difficult in today's society to really have the patients hear that? Or do you feel like they're receptive? I think so. You think it's difficult? Yeah. You know, there's food impoverished people who can't get access to fruits and vegetables. There's people on with budget constraints. And then you've got like the perfect specimen that just don't, they don't know what to do. Um, but yeah, hypertension, diabetes, hyperlipidemia, coronary artery disease. Those are my big four. And then on top of that, you can add um, hypothyroidism and depression. That sort of rounds out my top five. Wow. Um, and I talk about diabetes and losing 10 pounds will really make a difference. And your blood pressure is not happy with your body. So if we could lose 10 pounds, that would help. And then you'll be able to move better. And I talk about that all day, just about to every patient I see. Okay. What do you think they're, what do you think their response? Do you think they're open to it? Or you think they kind of just like, okay, that's what my doctor said. What's the next prescription? I think some people are open to it and some people have a lot of excuses why they can't do better. So some people are open to it. And I have sent folks to, 
this to the program. But, you know, I have others who they want diet pills, they want quick fixes. And there's been a lot of new research on some diet prescriptions that probably will be innovative in the coming years. And as the price goes down, could change a lot of people's lives as a game changer. You, you still need the diet education. Like you need to know which foods work for you, which foods don't. And you need to be able to maintain a balance. And I think the drugs that we have right now for the, some of the diabetes do help with weight loss and it helps with appetite control. So I think I can see that going really nicely with this program. Right. So they're not having to fight those cravings so that they can look at the nutrition a little differently. One of the things that I think is really important, and we we talk about this all the time, is, you know, we really want to build a customized eating plan for people and also really educate them about the hormonal concerns, because we know that they're I tell people all the time, if 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 two hormones, ghrelin and leptin aren't in place in the right, they'll make you feel continually hungry and you'll never feel full. And so some people get caught up in I don't have the willpower. They don't understand it's chemical. It's within the system of their body and their body's craving foods because of what's going on within their system. And they just feel like I'm a failure. I can't do this. And I think what I loved hearing is that you have to be in the right mindset. You have to be ready to, to make a change. You know, what, no matter what the situation might be, you, you say, I'm ready to make a change. We kind of say the old thing, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then they're ready. Right. They're ready. <laughs> Welcome back to our podcast. I love this part where I really love to give you insight as to how you can manage and navigate and have a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Today, I'm going to talk to you about nine healthy grocery shopping tips. Everybody goes to the store and they're not really sure what to do. So I want to give you some tips so that you can learn how to buy healthy foods without blowing your budget. This is really important. Number one, don't shop hungry. Make sure that you eat a balanced snack or meal prior to going to the grocery store. This is really important. So as you're shopping, you don't stop to snack. Pack an extra snack on your way to the store. Bring it with you and eat it on your way as you're going to do your shopping. The other thing you want to do is make sure that you have something that you can quickly eat, even if you're in the store. Number two, have a plan. Prior to going to the grocery store, take the time to surf the web, read a recipe book, or review your own recipe file so that you know what meals you're going to prepare for the week. This way, you'll know all the ingredients that you'll need before you get to the store. Instead of mindlessly shopping around the store and ending up with items that don't serve you well, you'll be mindfully and aware of what you're buying. The supermarkets and the manufacturers are very smart. They know how to market merchandise to consumers, especially ones that are hungry or don't have a plan. Number three, shop with a list. When you have a plan and you create a list, you'll be less vulnerable to give into temptation as you go up and down those aisles. Make a commitment to stick to your list. When you take the time to make a shopping list from a meal plan that also includes your snacks, you'll be more likely to stay on course and have good intentions to eat well. Number four, my favorite, shop the perimeter of the store. This is where you'll typically find the fruits and veggies, as well as dairy, meat, chicken, and fish. Within the inner aisles of the store, you'll find mostly prepackaged and processed foods. 
There are some healthy things like canned goods, but you have to be very careful what you choose and adopt the rule. If you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. So when you're looking at labels, look at the first five ingredients. That's what mostly is comprised in what you're eating. And beyond that, most of the time it's added as in preservatives. Also make sure in that first five ingredients that sugar is not there because that tells you that sugar is a high concentrate in that food. And most things that come in a box or a bag or a can sometimes aren't the healthiest options. Number five, think about how your parents or your grandparents ate. Most of your grandparents or your parents might've eaten farm fresh eggs, things they grew in their garden, and it wasn't a lot of processed foods. So think about what people were eating years ago. They didn't have access to prepackaged meals in a bag, things like that. They ate more real foods. So consider eating whole, fresh, natural, and unprocessed foods as much as possible. Number six, choose the rainbow, the color of darker hues. For example, choose romaine lettuce, kale, spinach over iceberg lettuce. Buy sweet potatoes instead of white potatoes. Consume brown or wild rice over white rice. Choose more vibrant colored vegetables instead of the pale varieties. Colorful vegetables are packed with more nutrients. Purchase whole grain breads or sprouted breads along with the brown rice and even a whole wheat pasta as they contain more fiber. They also help to balance your blood sugar levels, which will allow you to stay full longer and keep those insulin spikes at bay. Number seven, say goodbye to those liquid carbs. Do not put sugary drinks into your cart. Say goodbye to sodas, sports drinks, and flavored waters and fruit juices. These are liquid carbs made up of empty calories. They cause your blood sugar to rise significantly. You can purchase sparkling water. You can add lemons and limes to your water. You can use an infusion pitcher and put in such things as mint and even cucumber and other combinations to flavor your water naturally. I like herbal teas. One of my favorites is red zinger and lemon zinger. They're tasty alternatives to sweetened drinks. You can always add a little bit of liquid stevia to those to sweeten them if they're too tart. Number eight, plan for real food snacks. Just as you create a list and a meal plan for the week, do the same thing so that you have balanced, healthy snacks. You should be eating five or six smaller meals proportioned, three meals and two snacks so that your blood sugar doesn't get spiked and stays more stable and you feel fuller longer. Grazing isn't the way to go. We need to eat a breakfast, a snack, a lunch, a snack, and a dinner. Eating every three to four hours. Number nine, give into one craving. And what I mean by that is sometimes you have healthy options that feel like they're a little bit decadent. It's okay. We want you to have some things that are fun, a little bit different, might be something as, as a good protein snack. It will keep you from binging or giving up on the lifestyle changes that you're doing. We can't all be perfect. It's okay. But just remember that you want to make your own choices. So in review, I want you to think about the nine options. Number one, don't shop hungry. Number two, have a plan. Number three, shop with a list. Number four, shop the perimeter. Number five, think about your, how your parents ate. Eat fresh. Number six, choose the rainbow. Number seven, say goodbye to those liquid carbs. Number eight, plan for real food snacks.
And number nine, sometimes it's okay to have something a little decadent. Just choose a healthy snack. There's lots of ones out there and we can always refer you out to those. So I just wanted you to have some great tools to go to the grocery store, to shop with intelligence, read labels, turn your labels around on your foods, really look at what you're eating. Um, they marketed us. And so we really want to make sure that you're making good choices. I think one of the hurdles that I hear you uh, talk about is just economics of people that don't have access to fresh vegetables and foods like that. I think that is something that nationwide we're seeing just, we're seeing that not only in smaller communities around the Raleigh area or, you know, areas that don't have access to the same amount of foods in these metro areas, or just like you said, the economic base of these patients. Um, one of the things that we've seen, and you may see it as well, is that we try to really explain to them that if we get your nutrition, we might be able to get you off of medications, which are costing them too. That helped in a lot of my patients who did not have those um, restrictions, I would say. With that said, <clears throat> the people who I know who've been successful definitely got off blood pressure medicine, definitely got off cholesterol medicine, definitely got off lots of stuff. Right. Which, so yeah, yes, but, it definitely, if you do it, it helps. Yeah. So that's, that helps them as far as trying to get off of that. So those are hurdles that you kind of see. I mean, I think we see a lot of hurdles in today's society. I think the biggest hurdle we see is what we're exposed to every day. I mean, you drive, I mean, if I drive from here to my office, I'm going to see 15 fast food restaurants and it's cheap. It's inexpensive. I can go get a burger and fries asked. and it's fast and it's cheap. And so, um, I think that we see a lot of society that it's like, well, I can go get this, you know, meal at this fast food restaurant. It's going to cost me $3. But if I go to this restaurant, a salad's going to cost me 12. Right. Well, and I've got a lot of tips when I was on the program, like order your chicken with no salt. I started really looking at the nutritionist stuff. Like I'm a big fan of McDonald's at five in the morning, but I get a round egg now, just one round egg and two black iced coffees. And that satisfies me until lunch. And the calories of that is about equal to a bold egg. So I think you can use that because nobody can eliminate it from their life, but you have to look at the calories. Right. And I think too, I love what you said about you've modified something. You found something that is technically fast food, but it makes it work for you. And that's what I tell people all the time is you, we want to educate you that, you know, if you get in a panic, you can go get this, or you could do that. And that right. people don't, you know, don't say, oh, goodness, what can I, what can I eat? And as you well know, Shelly, it's a lifestyle. So life's right. going to happen. And sometimes you're not going to have the best options. And, you know, I tell people all the time, someone says, well, what do you do when you eat out? And I go, well, I look at the menu and I look at what's the best option. Are they hundred percent perfect? Absolutely not. But I'm just going to choose, no. the, the, choose the best option of what's given to me. Um, and so then, when, then you can kind of, you can kind of move on from that. So when you went through the program, what would you consider was your greatest benefit besides weight loss? What would you say that you yourself experienced? You said this was the greatest benefit of doing the Infinite 30 program. Well, for me, I was able to take it with me because I only did it for six months to a year. And I was able to take the knowledge with me. And yeah, I gained weight and I lost weight and went through this and went through that. But I've always been able to go back 
and bring the nutrition education back into my mind, I would eat a McChicken sandwich at McDonald's and I'll get rid of half the bread or only half of it. Um, I went to that egg, the round egg. Um, so for me, that was really important. And I got portion sizes under control before I did not have portion sizes at all under control. But now I do. And it doesn't take as much to fill me up now. Right. It's funny. People will say something like when I tell them they can have cheese and they're like cheese. And I go, cheese isn't a bad thing. It's just how much do we eat of it? You know, because they right. measure portion size, like it's two ounces of cheese. And they're like, well, that's not very much. Well, then they measured out like, well, that's more cheese than I thought it was. And that's right. one of the things that we do. The other thing I really, really love is that when I see someone who's at their goal weight or they're learning maintenance is that I love to tell people, my goal is to educate you for a lifestyle that you can maintain for the rest of your life. And if for some reason you get a little bit off track, you know how to get back on track. And that's what you just said, which I love hearing that because you realized I've got the knowledge that if I got a little off track, I can just go back to the basics and get right back on track. And that's for people because in most situations, if someone loses weight and they gain it all back, they just feel like I can't get it back off. They're a failure. Right. Yeah. And we don't even like that word failure because it just makes people feel Mm -mm. like they didn't do well. They're bad. Yeah. And that's right. We always tell people you got a little off track, you know, and you just get back up and you get on track. Um, Have you ever talked to other physicians about what you've done? To some degree, I have to say that most of my friends who are physicians are like runners or swimmers and like mm, they would never go to McDonald's and they make fun of me for going to McDonald's, in fact. And they're cook, they like their nutrition gourmet people. They like to cook and spend time in the kitchen and I do not. So not particularly, but, um, you know, my patients always notice and they're always like, well, what do you do? And now I can say, well, some of the things I do that I learned from this program. Right. So, you know, the patients, I think that's one of the things that they're going to look up to you and say, what, what are you doing? And I think one of the things that my, you know, I'm in the, I've been in the wellness industry for a long time. And I always tell people is that, you know, if we can inspire people to live a healthier lifestyle, no matter whether it's incorporating exercise or a combination of exercise and nutrition, we know deep down inside, I can tell people all the time, we are what we eat, you know, and right. if we don't eat or fuel our body efficiently. We'll see, we'll see that we'll see the, you know, we'll see the changes in our system um, as far as how we feel every day. But I'm always curious if, you know, as physicians, if you see that, you know, you kind of all have the same mindset, like you said, it sounds like most of the physicians that, you know, already have that healthy mindset of exercising, eating right. Um, I tell people, all the time, right. I don't really enjoy cooking. I cook, but it's just because we have to, you know, eat to survive and to live. I tell my husband, I keep us alive, but, but it's not a joy for me. It's just, it's kind of a chore. So in summary, if you were to say, what would you think that we could do as far as not only yourself as a practitioner, but also us in the wellness, what do you think we can do to make an impact on, I mean, I think I thought when COVID happened, I thought people would really sit back and go, I should take better care of myself, but I've seen now. They did. They sat at home and ate. And I really thought COVID would really make a, a mind shift or a turn in people's thought process as far as I need to take better care of myself because we know no, that I didn't. you didn't see that 
uh-uh. I was like, my, my healthy people, a lot of them couldn't go to the gym anymore. And they were just like, what now? And I was like, well, you can walk. You have Pat, you have Charlie, your two legs, take yourself outside and walk. Um, and you can do that independently by yourself. You don't have, I mean, my daughter would go for walks and she would literally say, mama, I'll be six feet from them. And I'm like, see that you are because we don't want to break any laws. So um, I think that um, I didn't see where people got more healthy, particularly, and they worked from home and they had more access to their snacks and they would order their food and pick it up and like just less exercise, less healthy thoughts. And they got their gratification and pl- um, like happiness from food because they couldn't go out with their friends and they couldn't, they just, a lot of people were cut off. Right. Um, so I don't think it was helpful, but I think as a nation, we have to work as a team and that means nutrition services. Um, that means food banks trying to reach out to people with healthy things I think the restaurants have to step up and say, like McDonald's in our area still has not brought back salads after the pandemic, two years later. It's impressive to me. We can go in, we can go through the drive-thru, but yet they have not brought salads back. So I think as a nation, we have to address nutrition. We have to portion sizes. We have to get nutrition involved. You know, some people do need medication. Some people do need surgery. But they need all the whole team to right. be a part of it. And, and, I like- and they do need an exercise therapist and a trainer. And the same way that people who do gastric bypass, there's success because they have a psychiatrist and they have a trainer. And every day they are looking at themselves. It has to be that way for people who don't do such drastic things, too. Right. And I think that's one of the things that we really try to do is, you know, and even with the, within this podcast, one of the things that we really try to do is get information across to people that it is a multitasking process because, you know, I, I, like I said, I was, a, well, I was a trainer for many years and my background is exercise physiology, but it's one of those things I always tell people is that, you know, it's both what we put in our body and how we move our body that gives us the best results. And so you know, I always tell people if you're, if you're, if you're working out great, but how are you feeding the body as well? Because if you're not feeding the body well, and you're working out, you may not see any results. And that happens. You know, you see people get get stuck. Yeah. Well, they're just trying to kind of, well, I tell people they're trying to out exercise poor nutrition. Yeah. And for some people, they can do it for a while. When I, you know, we get into our later years, um, I'm in my sixties and you, it does, it starts to catch up with people, you know, cause they're like, well, I used to run outrun my cookies, but I can't outrun them anymore. Well, I really appreciate your time and your insight from the physician's oh. side of it and um, keep referring those patients um, out because I tell you what, we're here to help people change their lives. And we really love um, that you are a role model um, for your patients. They watch you and they look up to you and that that's an amazing um, compliment to you that they see that in you and and how much you, you know, you're, you're trying to basically guide them in the healthiest lifestyle um, as you treat them as a patient. So that's, that's an amazing task that you've taken on. So I really want to thank Dr. West for sharing her personal journey how she sees how important health is as a physician, and also how she sees she can help her patient load um, in in referring them out to a program that she trusts and believes in, um, and also seeing that she is living this lifestyle, that she has continued to 
eat the way that we really strive to have healthy options, eating meals and snacks and drinking her water and all the things that will promote her healthy lifestyle as she continues on with her health journey. Now, today, this is kind of part of a mailbag question that I got, and I really have a lot of people that write into us and ask us questions like, I'm just stuck. I seem to always make excuses. I seem to procrastinate. I just can't seem to get my focus right. And I want to kind of go through this a little bit so that you can better understand we all have those struggles. We all have struggles where we might procrastinate. I need to meal prep or I need to exercise more, or I need to drink more water, whatever it might be, but we all are subject to that, even myself included. Sometimes I just have things that cause me a little bit of struggle. And what we normally do, what's the easiest thing to do is make an excuse, blame something. Some, sometimes it's blaming an it, and sometimes it's blaming a person. So I want to talk to you a little bit about going from excuses to extreme ownership. So We make excuses or we can take ownership. The philosophy is about taking charge of your situation rather than blaming it on something or someone. Many excuses are old friends and you've been hanging with them for a while. For example, I'm too busy. I just don't have the time. I'm too tired. I can't find the energy. I'm too honest. If I say that, people will hate me. They'll ask me what I'm doing. It's too far outside of my comfort zone, not my style. It's too hard. I hear this all the time. It can be hard or you can make it hard. But the day you adopt a personal responsibility, you don't get to use these phrases anymore. Instead, you begin to find yourself making the time, finding the energy, talking positively yourself, embracing the challenge, finding a way, and doing the hard stuff. What you're learning about life in these challenges don't get smaller. The conversations don't get easier and the schedule doesn't get lighter, but you can get stronger. You can get stronger to take on the challenges, the hard conversations, and the full calendar. You can change your routine. You can prioritize. You can say no. You can get up earlier. You can build new habits. You can get around people who lift you up. You can learn new skills and you can recognize and quiet your ego. You can become more valuable to your team and your family. You can listen more and you communicate with clarity. You can take on greater and greater challenges. You can learn to laugh at yourself. We all have to do that. And you can be more grateful. You can think of ideas, then talk about them, then do them and change your life forever. The difference is in the answers you create to the hard questions. Someone said to me one time, You can make excuses or you can make things happen. So today, as you listen to this podcast, let's take those excuses to ownership. It's powerful. It's life-changing. In this podcast, the big takeaway I'd like you to understand is that no matter your age, your physical condition, your weight, or even your emotional state, you can improve your health and the quality of your life. You can get started on your wellness journey. You can take it one step at a time and you will see results. Today's episode of Infinite Possibilities was edited and produced by Carson Roach Howell, Bob Beatty, and our executive producer, Georgia Goppert. I'm Crystal Asbury Burnett, 
And thank you so much for joining me. You can reach me at infinite30greencountry.com or any of our facilitators at infinite30.com. I'd love to hear from you and get your comments about our show, as well as any nutritional and wellness questions you might have. Make sure to follow us on your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you use. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and pass it along to a friend. Until next time, I hope you experience a life with infinite possibilities.